Sometimes I feel good At times I feel yours Loving you darling Makes me so Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. How do you give me so much? I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Awesome music. I, I hate to turn off Alicia Keys when she's absolutely belting out some bombastic chords here, uh, but I, I have to. Um, you know... I haven't watched Thursday Night Football in about two weeks. And at first I felt guilty. Now I'm very happy. I'm very happy because for the second week in a row, we got one of the worst football games of the year with Commanders and the Bears this week and Broncos versus the Colts last week. It's been two fucking disasters in the last two fucking weeks. I cannot believe. That both of these teams have put on those perform. Excuse me, both of these games with four teams put on that performance or performances of the last two weeks. Apparently, only like two touchdowns or three or something like that have been scored in the last two weeks. Joke, absolute joke. Oh my god, it's been it's been horrifying to watch. On pause, Alicia Keys, please. It's been horrifying to watch. But we'll talk about that game. And I'll give you the cliff notes and we'll discuss it. Also, a interesting article about the Washington football team came out literally yesterday. Uh, kind of, uh, pause the music, kind of to, um, kind of because the Washington commanders were playing on Thursday night football. Why, what better way to post an article, a diatribe about the commanders and their Horrifying owner than on the night that they are going to play a primetime game. Unpause the music. We will talk about it. We'll talk about it. We will also talk about the weekend games as well as Sean Payton being interviewed horrendously, I might add, uh, by Kay Adams. And we'll talk about the specific questions that she had asked him specifically about his future in the NFL. By the way, I, I just... I got to pause, okay? For multiple different reasons. One of which I'll complain later on, but I I read the entire Washington article. It was it was a mess. Number 2. I love Alicia Keys. Who doesn't who doesn't like Alicia Keys? Now, I don't like the majority of, like I I started to like sift through some of her albums and I was like, mm, I don't like some of, I don't like most of this." But I do love her hits. And I'm like, I I mean, Alicia Keys has been in the game for almost 30 years. Or really, I think it's probably getting to the point where she has been in the game for like 30 years. Why doesn't she have a Greatest Hits album? I like tried and I Googled it and I'm like, where's her Greatest Hits album? She doesn't have one, apparently. 
I'm like, how does she not have one? She's Alicia Keys. She has hits on hits on hits on hits on hits. It's like I was listening to her NPR Tiny Music Desk concert, which is what we're listening to right now. And I, it got me in the mood to look up some Alicia Keys. I was like, damn, I, I remember listening to to Fallen and and uh, if I can't have you, then no one can or something like that. I forgot what it was. I was like, I remember listening to those songs, and I want to listen to them in a collective space without having to like sift through three albums, you know. Because I'm one of those people that buys vinyl and listens to... I was just listening to vinyl as I was reading the article. I was like listening to The Temptations and Nirvana. Ironic, not ironically, but interestingly enough because they're two different sets of artists. But oh my God, man. Alicia Keys, what's going on? We got to get a Greatest Hits album. We have got to get a Greatest Hits album. Unpause my music, please. Please. I know she, I know she came out with new music last year, but I didn't... I didn't, I didn't listen to it. But I probably should, because I like Alicia Keys a lot. I just don't like the whole soul, R&B, you know, genre of music, because it gets kind of repetitive. It talks about the exact same themes over and over and over again. Like, the same criticisms that I can levy against country music, where they talk about blue jeans and beer and stuff like that, I can kind of levy against uh, the soul R&B music genre, as it pertains to right now. There's not a lot of people that are doing any interesting things with that genre. It's like... I feel like we're kind of like chewing the exact same piece of gum. The flavor is worn out. You can start to taste the rubber. And uh, it's best to just spit it out and move on to a new piece than try to like get some, try to extract something from it. Yes, I refer to R&B and soul. And even country as like this unflavorless piece of rubber that you refuse to spit out. Spit it out. Get some new gum. But this is some nice flavor that Alicia Keys is putting in. Anyways, we'll talk about it, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24's podcast. Alicia Keys so much. Oh my god. Ah! Sorry. Oh gosh. Who doesn't like Alicia Keys? Oh my god. It hurts me in my soul. It hurts me in my soul that it's been like that. It's been years since I've listened to like hard. Since I've listened to Alicia Keys and then I just started to go through some of her hits and I was just like damn. I remember some of these tracks. I got to listen to some of these tracks again. 
Oh, God. On to football. Sorry, I just... It's like reuniting with a good friend once again when you, like... I remember when I, uh, when I like, stopped listening to Nirvana for, like, six years, five, five, six years, something like that. And then I started to listen to Nirvana again, and it was, like, literally meeting one of my best friends all over again. Yes, I'm a weird person who... Semi, like semi like i like i don't think music is my friend or my friends but it you know it's like a it's a great familiar feeling you know what i mean that's what i uh that's what i feel sometimes whenever i feel whenever i hear an artist that i haven't heard in a long time that i've absolutely loved okay so let's get into football and let's start off with the absolute disaster that was last night's primetime football game the Washington Commanders versus the Chicago Bears and really the NFL should probably like get 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 done with the whole we're going to have two playoff or not two playoff but two primetime games for every single team we have suffered for two weeks in fact we've suffered for the last Four weeks. Let's just be honest. It hasn't been Thursday night football. It has been accentuated by Thursday night football because for the last two weeks, we haven't had a good football game on Thursday night football. But every single primetime game, primetime slot has had a bad game. Thursday night football feels like they've had the worst. But like, remember the 9-24 to game against the Rams? The 49ers versus the Rams? Or the 49ers against... The Broncos on Sunday night football, yeah, those two games happened. Those two games were horrible. Those two games were eyesores. Those two games were two of the worst games in the NFL. In the history of the sport, in my opinion. I mean, oh my God. And then you have Thursday night football. Let's just get rid of the whole two playoff, two, two prime times, two primetime games for for every single team. I'm sick of it. Everybody's sick of it. They don't give you good football games. Put on the best teams. Put on the most interesting matchups. It's what the NBA does. The, the interesting thing about the NBA is they have a lot of games, so they have to put on their best games. They can't afford a week where they have shitty games. So it's like primetime games, boom, we're going to put on our best basketball games. We have way too many matchups. We have way too many games. We have to put on our best games. Just that simple. NFL's like, eh, we'll put on our worst games, and people won't watch it. I didn't watch it last night at all. I'm like, my sanity is intact after. I'm like, thank God I don't have to watch this crap. But once again, we had one of the worst football games in the history of the sport on last night, Commanders at Bears. I'll talk about the Bears here. So, what did we learn, Chicago? What did we learn? Say it with me. Because I've been saying it for months. I've been saying it since your god-awful GM got to town. I've been saying it since your head coach has come to town, right? Okay, here's what you need. Everybody's, maybe not blaming Justin Fields as much, but everybody's like, mm, should we go out and get a quarterback next year? I'm like, what would that solve exactly? Besides just... 
repeating the exact same mistakes that you've made with Mitchell Trubisky and now Justin Fields. What would that do exactly? Besides just run you down that same road. Let me help you out if you're a Chicago Bears fan. Let me help you out. You need an offensive line, okay? Because you don't have an offensive line. You don't have one. I referred to you last week as a non-professional football team, meaning that you are in this weird area where you're like, Not a college football team, because I think you're better than a college football team, than most, if not all, college football teams. And yes, that includes Alabama. But I also think that you're not capable or able of really competing with any NFL teams, even though you beat two of them, which I don't even know what to, and I don't really care. Oh, you beat Lovey Smith and somebody else? Again, like the Texans aren't really a professional football team for some weird reason, and they beat the the Jags. I don't care. You're not real. You're a joke. You treat yourself as a joke. You treat the sport as a mockery and an embar- and you embarrass yourself on a weekly basis. You embarrass the sport, you embarrass the fans, you embarrass your team, you embarrass the uh, the sport. You are an embarrassment to football. You should never play the sport professionally, or excuse me, on primetime ever again. We should never have to watch you play, but I I really, really hope that you don't have the Packers at Chicago. Okay, good. They don't have it in primetime, but they had the, the, uh, the Bears at Packers on a primetime game, and I'm like, please, please stop trying to trot out the Bears and the Packers as if they're the NFL's greatest rivalry when literally, like, the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles game is out slotting on Sunday night football this weekend, Bills at Chiefs, which is a far better game, by the way. But the NFL's like, we know, we know where the ratings lie, and the ratings lie with Dallas and the Eagles. It's, it's insanity to me. But holy fucking shit are the Chicago Bears in need of an offensive line. How many times has Justin Fields been sacked? Like, I, I just want to say this to people. If your quarterback is getting sacked more than five times, that is a abnormality. Not, not more than five times. More than three times, excuse me. If your quarterback is getting sacked, the volume that Justin Fields is getting sacked, like, it is an extraordinary, ordinary, excuse me, abnormality. Let me just Google it. It's insane. Holy shit. I'm like, I'm trying to find the actual source, or not the actual source, excuse me, but the actual, like, sacks that they give up. Not that the sacks that they get, right? What is the Bears rank in that category? I'm like, I'm trying to find how many sacks do the Bears get per game. Hold on. How ironic would it be if they ranked, like, bottom? Oh, they they rank pretty low. They rank, like, 23rd. 
like league average right now is like 2.2. So again, if you're giving up two sacks, you're average. Hey, congratulations. Let me just try and find it. I'm like, I'm on team rankings and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like find like sacks given up per game. Boom. QB sacked per game. Chicago, they give up three and a Yeah, they give up 3.8 sacks per game. Which is a fucking joke. They give up 3.8 sacks per game. And really, it fluctuates, but for the last couple of weeks, Justin has been hovering around five sacks, which is why I sh- I, I like just throw out that number because it's a real number. And it's like he has no weapons. He has no offensive line. His coaching staff is horrible. They have no idea what to do. Everybody wants to be a nerd about it and tell me, oh, they, they should formulate an offense around Justin Fields 24. They should run the read option. Why? So he can get hit more? So you can put your quarterback in harm's way more? Oh, yeah, that's a smart idea. Give your quarterback, who doesn't know how to fucking slide, more carries in a game. Oh, yeah, that's smart. That's a great idea. He won't make it to C26 because you're going to get him killed, Chicago. And every other dumbass out there that wants to be like, they need to run the football, they need to formulate. I see professional analysts, former football players saying to the masses, they need to start running Justin Fields. I'm like, what would that do? They have to be good at blocking to be able to, you know, run the read option. They would actually have to be able to have some semblance of a good offense. People want to tell me, run bootlegs. His wide receivers don't get open. It's like, I don't understand it. I, I, I don't. And to be honest with you, he is further underdeveloped than I thought. He is worse than I thought. His underdevelopment is insanity. It's insane, excuse me. I thought to some degree he would have some development from year one to year two. He doesn't. He doesn't know when and how to slide. His throwing mechanics are off. They're off. I said maybe year three, year four. It's starting to look like year four, year five is the time in which Justin will really like come into his own. And Bears fans are not going to be patient with Justin at all because they're already talking about drafting a quarterback next year. And it's just like, how about, how about make a good fucking football team? And you want to know what? It's not going to get any better next year for everybody that wants to quote me the $100 million in available cap space that you have if you're a Chicago Bears fan. Do you want to know why? Because you don't have any free agents. It's a joke. It's a joke. So where does this lead us to? Well, it led us to the absolute shit show that was yesterday. Justin Fields played like shit for the majority of the game, had one good drive, and then kind of overthrew Darna Mooney. But really, it was like like the final play of the game, man. The final, I got I like I I didn't look up, I didn't watch the final series of the game. By the by, I just know it because uh, I heard people casting it, and I heard 
their utter just like dismay. They were like so sad. They were like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe we, I can't believe we lost again. Oh my God, Justin Fields didn't bail us out. He didn't bail out our horrible front office. Let me plug in my computer first. Hold on, I got to plug it in. It's almost out of battery. Hold on. Justin Fields didn't bail out our terrible football team. Oh. oh my God, I can't believe they didn't do it. I can't believe he didn't do it 24. He didn't bail out my shitty football team. I can't believe it. I can't. Oh my God. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Let me like look at the fucking game. I got like the NFL monetizes the fuck out of their highlights now. It's like I watched two ads. I watched two unskippable ads. I watched two unskippable ads just to get another, uh, just to get another two unskippable ads. I'm installing ad block immediately. I can't. I can't. What like the NFL? Overly monetizes their highlights because everybody watches their highlights. And it's just like, I can't skip around your video to watch this football game. To watch highlights. Highlights. 10 minutes. I got to watch multiple. Four. I got to watch multiple advertisements. What am I watching television? Jesus Christ. Sorry. Anyways. Like Justin Fields. If you don't, if you don't know the game, if you don't watch, if you didn't watch it, so essentially the game comes down to the Bears. They need a touchdown. It's twelve to seven. Justin Fields breaks contain because the Commanders. I will get on them in a couple of minutes. The Commanders, they just let him run up the field. He's like rolling left. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck Washington is playing. I honest, I honestly don't. I'm watching Washington play. It's first and 10. They're in like off coverage. Nobody is spying Justin. I don't know what the fuck. They're just like, just let everybody go up the field. Let everybody. I don't know what the fuck is going on. They run. You want to know what? Washington, you are. I mean, it's not even Washington's turn yet. And I'm infuriated with, with Washington because they should have fucking lost this game. I picked Washington to win. I feel like I'm a loser. Because I picked a loser. And they lost and they beat a loser. So do you want to know what that makes Washington? The king of the losers. The king of the morons. I feel like a moron associating myself with the winner of the morons. The king of the losers. The king of the morons. The Washington commanders. I won and I still lost. It's a very rare occurrence because I always win. I either win or I learn. And I feel like I just, I lost. I feel like everybody lost. But it's like, this is why, if I can deviate here, if I can go on my little diatribe about Washington, this is why Washington are fucking losers. Chase Young, by the way, didn't play yet again. I don't think it would have mattered because I don't think he's very good. And I also think that he doesn't provide any additional pressure for the Washington Commanders. As evident by his two-sack year last year. 
in eight games for every Washington Commanders fan and media analyst that wants to tell me, oh, 24, he didn't play for the majority of this of the season last season. I'm like, I know. I know. He played for half. And he still got two sacks. Micah Parsons in five games. Five sacks. Or is it six sacks now? I think it's six sacks. He kind of stopped keeping count. He may actually get 20 sacks. I thought it was kind of a joke. Like, Micah actually may... Uh, he may, he may get close to twenty sacks. I don't think he'll get twenty, but damn, I mean, honestly, Micah Parsons may get twenty sacks this year because it's like they they go up against the Bears. Buckle the fuck up when Dallas goes up against the Bears in Dallas. By the way, they go up against the Packers, another bad offensive line. Colts, who for some god goddamn reason can't block worth a name. The Giants again, who are horrible up front when it comes to pass protection in the commanders. Gave up like three sacks last night. But regardless, right? So the play in which Justin Fields essentially sets this thing up where the command, not the commanders, the Bears can essentially win it, is a first and 10 at Washington's 46-yard line. I'm like listening to a Bears uh, play-by-play, and I am like drinking their tears until this moment happens. And I'm like, I cannot believe Washington just, just gave up this play. And do you want to know why they gave up this play? Because they run some type of a weirdo. I don't... I don't know what the fuck they're running, man. They run like a twist. But it gets picked up incredibly easy. They they run a half-ass... You know when Dallas runs, Dallas runs a lot of stunts and a lot of twists and kind of like some pick plays for certain guys. Like Dallas will essentially try to help create misdirection for the offensive line and they do it very explosively. Like they're they're running at full speed. They're going. It's like watching the Eagles or excuse me, the commander's defensive line run a twist is like one of the most saddest things ever. They get a defensive end against the center and he just gets bottled up and I'm just like yeah he just he tries to bull him and it just it doesn't work at all the center is just too strong and then one of the overrated defensive tackles just can't get off his block against uh, I think that's Tevin Jenkins who does a good enough job and it's just like it's an overall joke from the commander's fucking four first round draft picks on the offensive line I don't care if that's Montez Sweat, who's the main guy running the twist. They're all jokes in Washington. They're all terrible, really. They're all god-awful. But the play itself that I'm referencing here is the Justin Fields play where he breaks contain, and the contain is... I mean, I guess I guess the, the reason why Washington's defensive line is playing half, half-assed is because they're probably exhausted because Washington doesn't know how to fucking substitute their fucking defensive ends and their defensive tackles. But the play that I'm referencing is Justin Fields breaks contain, uh, one guy misses a tackle, and then he just bursts out of the backfield, and then he's gone because for some weird reason they didn't have anyone. They didn't have anyone! Anyone cover him! It's like... You, like, this has been a symptom of Ron Rivera's inadequacies for over... A year. I saw it in the Bills game. Guys were gassed. Hell, I didn't even see it in the Bills game. I saw it against Tampa Bay two years ago. Guys were gassed in the second half. 
They were completely and utterly exhausted. And you want to know what he did? Instead of adjusting, instead of doing anything different, he lets his guys out on a fucking line and he just lets them die. And people, I remember like um, Julie Davenport was talking about it today or yesterday. She was like, she's like, um, like how, how have we gone so far? Why, are we, why do we suck now? And it's just like, you guys have always sucked. She was just like, well, we went to the playoffs. How did we, you know, how did we go from going to the playoffs two years ago to now sucking this year? And I said then, and I'll say it now, Washington was seven and nine. They shouldn't have gone to the playoffs. If the Eagles were competent or the Cowboys had Dak, they shouldn't have gone to the playoffs. This has been a problem that has been systemic and their defensive line fucking sucks. They don't have anyone to cover Justin Fields out of the backfield, which is a joke to me. I mean, I get it, it's first and 10, but nobody was there. And he gets like 30 yards. He gets all the, he gets over 40 yards almost. He gets all the way inside Washington's five-yard line. This is why I transitioned back to talking shit about the Chicago Bears. They run two passing plays on first, not yeah, first and second goal, dude. I think Justin will overshoot a tight end on a touchdown. Oh no, that was like in the first quarter, but he missed like a tight end on a touchdown. It's third and goal, and I'm like, Justin, don't stay in the pocket. Run his offensive line. Doesn't I mean he actually throws an awesome pass to 81, which should have been caught. And then this is the play that fucking breaks the game. It's fourth and goal at the one. They haven't gained a single yard, by the way. They haven't. They don't do anything. They just contain Justin Fields. Justin goes through his progressions. He sees Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney doesn't catch the pass. It's not fourth and goal at the. It's it's excuse me. It's fourth down. It's it's turnover on downs. Excuse me because it's fourth down and he doesn't get the touchdown. It's a joke. Like they didn't. Like Peyton Manning said it. He said, if we can't get a yard or whatever, we, if we can't get a yard on four downs, we don't deserve to win the ball game. In my opinion, if you can't get four yards in four downs, you don't deserve to win the ball game. It's four yards. Justin got 40 on the last, uh, on the last series of downs. It's ridiculous to me. It, like, I, I don't understand why one team can be so inept and so terrible. But, hey, Chicago showed me how last night. Speaking of ineptitude and inadequacies, let's talk about the Commanders. So I said at the beginning, I said I feel like a loser because I bet on a loser in the Commanders and the losers won. Against another loser. It would be different if they beat a winner, you know. It'd be different if I picked the commanders and if they had played like a good football team like Dallas. And if they had won, then I would feel like a winner. But today I feel like a loser. Because I picked a loser to beat a loser in a football game that was filled with losers. I picked the commanders to win. And they did. The thing about the Commanders 
that I find disturbing is how celebratory everybody was after the end of the game. Not the fans, but the, like the media and everybody was like, "Ooh, we got to win. We got to dub the commanders. Twitter was on fire. They were like, oh, yeah, we we got a dub and they posted a weird meme of somebody with an L or whatever. And it was it was terrible. It was a joke. The commanders are a joke. And they played like it last night. Carson Wentz was horrible once again. Um, they keep on propping up Brian Robinson, the former Alabama Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, running back of like four or five years. They keep propping him up because he got shot multiple times and he's come back to play football. And hey, you know, power to him. Happy for him. Liked him out of college, things of that nature. I'm not going to wish ill will on him, but goddamn, like, I get it. You know, you, you guys like him a lot. But Brian, he's their guy. He's the guy that they like. He's the guy that they're trying to craft stories and narratives around. But once again, the commander's football on-field efforts gets overshadowed by their off-field disaster or disasters or controversies or whatever. Dan Snyder is once again in the news because report he has information on the NFL that could potentially ruin certain owners' lives and things of that nature. Apparently, he has a dossier as a little book or information or whatever on NFL owners that could wreck their lives and their perception in the media and public and things of that nature. First, let me criticize print journalists, okay? I read a lot. I mean, I'm reading Game of Thrones. I'm reading a historical nonfiction or a fictional historical nonfiction book. I am reading about the history of Westeros right now. It is 700 pages. It is awesome. George R. R. Martin is an awesome author. He's an awesome writer. I don't need you to be George R. R. Martin. I just need you to take my fucking feelings into account. George R. R. Martin literally has written a 700-page book. I'm a little bit burnt out by it because it's 700 pages. It's a lot of fucking information and I want to read something different. But I have been encapsulated with my time with George R.R. Martin. I have not been encapsulated for the most part with journalistic writing because it's always expository. It's always boring. And especially with long ass articles, they usually deviate from the root topic of conversation. Okay. I read for almost an hour this god-awful article that, like, took me places that I already either knew or I really didn't fucking care about, okay? Number one, in journalist school, for some weird reason, people go to college. They spend tens of thousands of dollars on going to these very preppy schools and things of that nature. I go, I went to college. I have a degree. But it's like, and, and my degree is worth something. But, like, sometimes I'll watch people get their degrees, and I'm like, you didn't learn anything that will help you with your job when you went to college, which is a shame. 
You didn't learn anything to help you with your job. And it's like, I'll read people's articles and I'm like, guys, this article should have been a three minute long article. Respect my time. I'll respect yours. I'll read your articles as long as you write good articles. This was a trosh. This was a trough. This is a pig's trough. This is ridiculous. You have a expose on Dan Snyder and his horrendous behavior. And I'm like, the most interesting part of this article is that Dan Snyder apparently has dirt on the NFL owners. And you don't answer the motherfucking thing in your fucking article's title. I get it. The editor creates the headlines. I also get that. But I'm like, you have one of the most interesting things ever said. That an owner has dirt on other owners. And you don't know what that dirt is? I spent an hour reading this article from ESPN. And they're like, Dan Snyder has dirt on owners. And my first and most obvious question and the obvious question that anyone who's inquisitive enough to ask is, well, what is the dirt? What is it? Because apparently you can quote unquote bring down the league. Which I don't believe, by the way. I don't believe so. I, I mean, the NFL has had numerous scandals. Like, I, I, I think the NFL, for very bad reasons, is untouchable. Like, what is the dirt? What is it? I would like to know. They don't go into details in, in, um, in the expose that they have. How much do I, does this matter? Does this article matter? As somebody who spent a, a, an hour reading this instead of literally finishing Fire and Blood, I could have I finished it within that amount of time and said, here I am reading this dossier. Does it matter to you? Does it matter to me as a fan? In my opinion, no, I don't think so. Apparently, the owners can have a meeting on Tuesday to essentially uh, discuss whether or not Dan Snyder can be an owner or not. Do I think he'll still be an owner? Yeah. Like, the interesting facet about the article is that it kind of has this, like, internal internal conflict with itself it's just like they do, the authors of the article and some of the people that they interview apparently they interviewed an owner or two and and top executives and all these people around the league but um the majority of the people that they don't know they're just like we we tolerate him we don't know if we have enough people to get him out we don't think so that's why Jerry Jones apparently is very fond of him. Why? I don't. That is a that is a interesting question. I'm like, why the fuck does Jerry like literally? I mean, you could maybe have a sinister look at it and be like, well, Jerry likes Dan Snyder as an owner because he's incredibly incompetent and he's in his own division. So that's why he likes him. It's kind of like the same reason why he didn't want uh, Al Davis to move, I think the Raiders to San Antonio. I think that was being like discussed a little bit because San Antonio is in Texas. Uh, San Antonio would love to have a football team, but I don't think they have anywhere near the people to have it. 
What? Like, how many people are in Minnesota? Minnesota? Let me let me take a look. Minnesota. Minnesota is a state, but it's also Minneapolis, right? But why are they called the Minnesota Vikings? They're if they're located in Minneapolis. Hold on. Man, uh, is my internet busted? No, it's not. Where are they located? Yeah, they're located in Minneapolis, but they're not the Minneapolis Vikings. They're the Minnesota Vikings. But I thought I thought wherever the Vikings were located would have like a million people. They only have like 400K. And I'm like, wait, what? Like Austin, Austin, Texas is bigger than Minnesota or Minneapolis. What about San Antonio? I think San Antonio may have like a couple hundred thousand. Hell, Corpus has like 100K. Wait, what? San and hold on. Does San Antonio have more people than Minneapolis? If it does, watch out. Now my internet is busted, so I'm going to have to. Nope, wait, hold on. Okay, cool. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Fuck that. San Antonio has 1.5 million people in it. Fuck that. Bring a team to San Antonio. What are we doing? Anyways. Sorry about that. Uh, going back to the commanders and their hor horrible owner. So, Jerry, Jerry Jones apparently is in love with Dan Snyder or used to be in love. And apparently they had a falling out. So I guess, uh, they're just not friendly anymore. I don't care. I don't care about the interpersonal relationships with Jerry Jones. If I'm completely honest with you, I just want to know what exactly is the dirt. Does somebody have another mistress? Oh, my God. An NFL owner having a mistress. Oh, gee whiz. Oh, gosh. I'm very surprised. Oh, my God. Like, did unless somebody, like, killed a bunch of people and buried a bunch of bodies in their backyard, it's probably not really going to do anything. And I don't think ESPN, the authors of this article, have that. And I certainly don't think Dan Snyder has that. So, I think it's a bunch of smoke, no fire in that regard, but we'll see. We will definitely see because apparently there's like a league meeting that the article constantly like keeps on pointing to like over and over and over and over and over again as to the earliest that they could get Dan Snyder out kind of like as like a call to action, but we'll see. Even like the parts that were semi-enjoyable, like reading the reading the parts of like how he screwed up the um like getting taxpayer dollars to pay for a new billion dollar stadium, which irks me to this day that billionaires are asking for federal mon funding to pay for a stadium that they can pull together their own fucking resources and pay them goddamn selves. It's like you're the richest league in the planet. You can't fucking pay for a fucking stadium to boost 
initial revenue. So that way it looks good on your uh, on your little reports. Can't do that your fucking selves. You need taxpayer dollars to do that shit. Then taxpayers should get a cut. And not an indirect cut in the sense of, well, oh, businesses. Businesses will improve. Which every economist says they don't. Like every like like any any um any, like all all the um all the guys all the lobbyists and all these people that will be like local businesses will have new traffic and da 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 da. It's been proven time and time and I gotta I gotta rant about this. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. It's been proven time and time and time and time and time again that these businesses, the businesses that benefit from the stadiums, are chains, hotels like Marriott and Holiday Inn and all of these other places, they predominantly get the business, not the local businesses, not your mom and pop shops. People don't go out to mom and pop restaurants. They fucking eat at McDonald's. Why? Because that's what fo- that is what's familiar with them. They're there to watch a football game. They're not there to sightsee and tour. It's a joke. The local businesses don't get any of the money. The major market, multiple chain franchises they get all the business it's a joke don't hit me with that give them a direct percentage of the stadium's overall revenue and make it be a large one we should talk we're talking however much money they put in in funding they should get in a revenue split nobody's ever going to do that but they should do it if we're being economically smart if taxpayers are having to pay for it, then every single day, every single week, they should get a cut in their fucking mailboxes after every single quarter. Annually. Annually after every after every annual quarter. A check should be in Washington, in, in the citizens of Washington, or the citizens of Maryland, or wherever the fuck the stadium is going to be put. The money should go there. Instead of in the pockets of uh, rich people that use taxpayer funding to pay for the ridiculously expensive fucking disaster of stadiums, which always has revenue decrease as the stadium gets older. It's like we're on a ticking time bomb here. It's like, you know, we got to build new stadiums all over America to increase our revenue initially and steal money from taxpayers. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Commanders are a joke. Bears are a joke. You know what else is a joke? I'm coming for everybody today, the NFL. So, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Not even I'll admit it, but I will tread on my same... I will not tread, excuse me, but I will go over my history once again. Initially, when the reports that Deshaun Watson came out, I said I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. I even stuck with him for over a year until a couple months ago. And the reason for that was is that I was like, look, let it play out legally, let it play out legally, let it play out legally. It played out legally. It looks like he's pretty fucking guilty. So, after it played out legally, or even before that, excuse me, and I stick by this because I think this is right. I said, look, If you think that he did these things, let it play out fucking legally. Let it play out legally. Let every single case play out. 
If he wants to settle cases, let him settle. But let it play out legally. If he doesn't want to settle, then don't let it settle. But let it play out fucking legally. Let every single case play out legally. Because you don't fucking know what's going to happen. And there are still cases pending by the by. But yesterday, there was another sexual assault case. It makes the 26th. Now, in the case of Deshaun Watson, in his 26th impending legal case, and this is not filed with Tony Busby, this is filed with a different lawyer, and this is a uh, a young woman who is alleging that Deshaun Watson, I think, like, forced himself or coerced her, or I, I don't know the legal the legal um, ramifications or not the legal ramifications, but the legal description. But regardless, it's a completely different lawyer. It's a completely different case. It's separated by the majority of the cases that have been filed. I said then, and I'll say now, and I'll stand by this now, and I'll stand by the NFL shouldn't have fucking suspended him for 12 games. They should have fucking banned him. And I stand by that. And I still stand by that. Because if you think that he did this shit, if you think that he was a serial abuser of women, there is no room, there is no shape, there is no, there is no room for this. He should be fucking gone. And I, I fucking stood by it then, and I stand by it now. He should be fucking gone. Not suspended, fucking gone. And you know what? As naive and as ignorant as I was back then, I cannot believe the absolute fucking stupidity of the Cleveland Browns, who reportedly had checked this all out, which I kind of knew was bullshit, just based off of the timing. They were like, yeah, we researched this for a week. I'm like, bro, I've been here for like two years. But the stupidity of the Browns put themselves in this horrible situation. Then they paid him more money, and now he has a 26th lawsuit. It's just this simple. Banned. Fucking banned. What was the final report? The, I think the final thing that the, um, I don't have it here. But the conclusion that the independent arbiter that the NFL and the NFLPA had had, essentially this is like a moderator who would come in and be and, and would act as like judge, as the judge of the case. And in fact, it was a former federal judge, I think, that came in and essentially acted as the independent arbiter for the NFL and the NFLPA. She had essentially like come down to the conclusion that, that um that if Deshaun Watson was like excuse me if he had like infringed or if he had like had another incident then like I guess he should have severe punishment or more punishment or whatever which it's obvious he has another one it's obvious that he has another punishment or not another punishment but just another lawsuit and it's probably honest if we're honest he probably has more coming down the pipeline and you know what? I don't think he's worth it. Whatever he gives you, I don't think it's worth it. 
Just like how I'm like, whatever Dan Snyder gives the NFL, I don't think it's worth it. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of shocked that the NFL is just like, yeah, we'll we'll just pretend like he's um like he's a real person and we're just going to treat him fairly and things maybe not fairly is the best way to describe it, but we're just going to let this slide like all the time, man. You have you have the legal maybe not the legal jurisdiction is the best way to describe it. But this, if this was a witch hunt, I mean, everybody's begging you to fire up your fucking pitchforks and your torches. Like, like, come on, let's get this shit popping. Nobody's going to fight you on this NFL. Nobody. It's like you can go after him with everything you have in your power. What does the NFL do? Eh, but like, we'll, we'll sit on it. I mean, is this or is this not? A breach in the suspension? I don't know why he's not fucking banned. Ban him. It's a joke. I say that all the time. I say, like, it's a joke. Just because of just the ludicrousy of the situation, it's ridiculous that the NFL was like, we'll preemptively suspend him before any of his legal... His, like... Like, when it got to 25, you want to know what? It should have just been like, you are indefinitely suspended until you figure this out. And then, once you figure this out, we will figure this out. Like, hindsight 2020, indefinite suspension, that would have inevitably led to a permanent ban. Like, it would have been like, oh, shit, you have 25 lawsuits, ban. Maybe not ban, but suspension. Like hard suspension. Then ban. Talk to me when you're done. When your cases are done. Ban. We're done. We're out. Just like, what? I don't fucking get it, man. Deshaun, long and the short of it is, because I'm, I'm done talking about Deshaun Watson, but I just... I also just wanted to, like, make this 100% clear. Deshaun Watson, once again, sexual predator of women, assaulter, abuser of women, and once again, is caught fucking abusing women again, and the NFL has once again dropped the ball on this. Because... He can and should be, let's just make that fucking clear, can and should be suspended, and we'll see if he is. We'll see. All right, finally, we got some football game day picks for this weekend. Some great games coming up. Eagles at at, uh, Philly, Bills at Chiefs. Two very, very important games coming up this weekend. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this weekend. I'm hopefully going to like finish off God of War. I'm like, I think I'm halfway through the game. 
have no idea where I... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like... I fucking started a fight Valkyries, I think. And that's what's, like, causing this big hang-up. But I'm going to finish God of War, hopefully, this weekend. And I'm also going to finish Fire and Blood. So, that should be fun. Now. Let's talk football. So... First game that we got on deck after the disaster that was in his commanders at Bears. Ravens at Giants. Wink Martindale, the former longtime Ravens assistant coach, is coming back to the Giants. Look, way too many people are high on the Giants. This is the weekend where the Giants shit the bed. This is the weekend. And I am a bit shocked at how many fucking people at how many motherfucking people are buying in to the motherfucking Eagles this year. It's insane. In fucking insane. It's insane. Or not the Eagles, excuse me, but the Giants. It's insane how many people are buying. I'm, I'm tired. It's like midnight right now. I'm watching the Dodgers uh, struggle for the second game in a row against the Padres right now. I'm a little bit annoyed because the Dodgers haven't uh haven't played so well these last two games. I was like, this is gonna be a sweep. No, it's not. Looks like the Dodgers are probably gonna go down 2-0 uh, in the series. So that's fun. But going back to the Ravens and the Giants. So Ravens and the Giants. Wink Martindale's going back. Giants are an overrated football team. And look, the Giants to me, man, like, not the Giants in general, but like Wink Martindale, man, his scheme, and I said so last week, fourth down, Aaron throws into the blitz, which you don't do. You throw away from the blitz. You figure out something else. He throws into the fucking blitz, and I'm like, Aaron, what in the fuck are you doing? Why would you throw into the blitz? Just throwing into the blitz. For what reason besides I'm trying to lose a fucking football game? I'm like, Aaron, you're dead to me. Maybe not literally dead to me, but you know what I mean. Like, dude, you're fucking killing me, man. You're killing me, Smalls. It hurt me to see him do that. And I'm not even a Packers fan. It hurts. It hurts me. But I felt like the Giants had an opportunity to win. Not the Giants. Excuse me. The Packers last week had an opportunity to beat the Giants. They didn't because of Aaron and his horrible play against the Giants and overestimating his own abilities yet again and underestimating the Giants' capability to beat him, even though that they are a overrated football team. He didn't take them seriously, and it was obvious. I don't think the Ravens will make that same mistake. Look, the Ravens this year have been Lamar Jackson or bust. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, to be honest with you, I'm trying to get the fuck out. Like, controversial opinions aside, maybe not even aside, just controversial opinion, I think Lamar Jackson should leave after this season or demand a trade or just hold out or whatever and be like, release me. 
You don't want me. You don't want to pay me. And it has nothing to really do with the payment. It has everything to do with the fucking team. Holy shit. I mean, outside of the outside of the offense, their defense is not holding up the bargain at all. At all. Like their two corners are overrated. They're not playing very well. Everybody is hurt. Like, besides Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker. Oh, my God. The Ravens are an absolute disaster. But I don't think the Ravens are such a disaster that they should lose to the Giants. But I think Lamar Jackson should leave because I just I just don't think that the Ravens are going to be long-term I think they're going to cra- clash long term and I don't think the Ravens are really built for winning right now because of how many fucking injuries and how overrated some of their players are on defense and how reliant they are for Lamar Jackson to get like 100 yards rushing, 200 yards on the ground and like three touchdowns. Like that's like they can't have Lamar Jackson have an off day otherwise they lose. That has literally been outside of like they're bad play in the second half, but that's like literally been a symptom of them not winning football games. Like if Lamar's off and if their their offense gets stalled, forget about it. Forget about the defense. Like I'll agree, uh, like Nick Wright brought something up on his own show. He was just like, look, the reason why the Baltimore Ravens went for it on fourth down two weeks ago against, I think it was the Bills or some, I, I forgot who it was. I think it was against the Bills or somebody. I forgot who, or it was, I, I forgot who it was, excuse me. But the reason why they went for it on fourth down was for the exact same reason that they should have went for it on fourth down a week ago against the Bengals. Because the Bengals, as soon as the Ravens kicked the field goal, they just went right down on the football field on them. And if um, if they had... Conver- I, I forgot what play they had lost, but I think they had like tried to convert on fourth down. And if they did, they would have won the football game. The Bengals. The Bills did against the Ravens, and they, they fucking lost. The Ravens lost, of course. It's absurd. It's absurd how badly the Ravens' defense has played. But as bad as the Ravens' defense has played, the Giants' offense is super... I would be shocked. To me, this is where the rubber beats the road for certain teams. I would be shocked if the Ravens lose on Sunday. Shocked. Be mortified if the Ravens lose. And if the Giants win, I'd be like, oh, there's something there with the Giants, but we'll see. We'll see. I think this is like, this should be a Lamar Jackson game, but we'll see. Ravens over Giants. Jags at Colts. Colts have been a disaster. Jags have kind of been on the slump for the last couple of weeks. I think they're due for a very, very good game against the horrible Indianapolis Colts and I think they'll get it I think they'll get what they want and that's easy work and easy matchup against the Indianapolis Colts and I think they'll take the game in Indianapolis we'll find out on Sunday Jags at Colts taking the Jags Patriots at Browns Patriots are playing their third string quarterback Browns goodness gracious I know you're a terrible organization just run the fucking football just run the fucking football man run it Run the fucking football. That's all you got to do. Don't even have to do anything smart or clever. Just be like, yeah, we're just going to run the shit out of the ball. 
And um, that's our game plan. I don't know why for the last couple of weeks, the... No, I was about to say Chicago Browns. Jesus Christ. The Cleveland Browns have been just like, yeah, we trust Jacoby Brissett. I don't know why they keep doing that. I don't know why they keep saying that. Give it up. Just quit. Just be like, we don't fucking care. Jacoby, you're not that guy. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, get ready to run the football collectively like 30 times. 30, 35 times. We don't care. God, man. It's so simple. And the Browns have just like choked so many football games that they really should have won. Patriots against the Browns. I'm taking the I'm taking the Browns very easily. Very easily. Bengals at Saints. I'm taking the Bengals. I don't know who the uh, the Saints quarterback is, but I know he's not as good as Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Jesus H. Christ. Their offensive line is god-awful. I have no idea how their offensive line is this bad. Like, Leo Collins last year for Dallas was like a really good tackle to a really great tackle. And then this year with the Saints is a ungodly bad tackle. Like, he is terrible. Like, guys that were, like, they, they got one of the guys from Tampa. Even he's terrible. I'm like, dudes, I don't know. It's just poor coaching. It really is poor coaching. It's an example of poor coaching if I've ever seen one. Where it's just like, oh, players that used to play good aren't playing good and it has nothing to do with their age. It's just like, oh, the team is just not very good. Poor coaching. Oh, my God. Bengals at Saints. I'm a little bit worried because of Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport and Mar uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And maybe they'll try and force it a little bit too much to Jamar Chase. And then Joe Mixon is going to have some difficulty with the offensive line against, obviously, Demario Davis and the front seven of the New Orleans Saints. But, oh, my God, it is not that difficult to play up against the Saints when the Saints have God knows who at quarterback. That's literally who they have at quarterback, Joe Smo out of fucking Fresno. Who the fuck is their quarterback? I don't know. He's not better than Joe Burrow. I said that almost four weeks ago when the Cowboys played up against the Bengals, and I said Cooper Rush is not better than Joe Burrow. He should not be able to beat Joe Burrow in Dallas. Then he does because Joe Burrow gets sacked like a bajillion fucking times. That could potentially happen against the Saints. But I'm like, I'm crossing my fingers that it doesn't because I want the Bengals to string together some wins and win some fucking football games because I think Potentially, they're a good football team, but the shitty head goats. Bucks at Steelers. I am taking the Bucks because the Steelers are trash and they're garbage. And Tom Brady is going back to Pittsburgh, where he has played fantastically at, and he will potentially crush the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Dallas, not Dallas. Bucks over Steelers. Forty Niners at Falcons. 49ers are an overrated team themselves, and Atlanta plays a little bit above board, ironically enough. Above their head sometimes. But I'll, I'll take the 49ers. Here's the reason why. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, I'll take the Falcons. I'll take the Falcons. Let me change this. I'll take the Falcons. I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I've hated the way that the 49ers have played, and the 49ers have a shit ton of injuries. Usually, I go with my instincts. Usually, I do. But there's some. sometimes I'll change and I'll be like, I'm glad I changed. I think the 49ers are a bit overrated. I think the Falcons are playing 
way, 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 way above their skis. And I just don't think the, um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think the 49ers, they're going into Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta may be bumping, to be honest with you. And the reason why is like their team is actually like playing semi-decent football, even though they're like one of the worst teams in the NFL. But we'll, we'll see what happens here. Jets at Packers. Packers. Jets are terrible. Uh, Vikings at Dolphins. I don't know who, like, I think Tua may be playing. I wouldn't play him. I think he's still dealing with some concussion stuff. Like, I wouldn't play him. I'm not a doctor, but I doubt, like, considering that the NFL misdiagnosed his concussion and then said that he didn't have a concussion and then fired the independent neurologist because he quote unquote didn't have a concussion. I'm, I'm like, I don't buy this shit. I don't buy you. I think they should rush to a. I think the Vikings, even in Miami, I think the Vikings will will handle that game fine. Will handle. Will be able to handle that game fine. I think the Vikings will win against the Dolphins. Um, I have no idea how they're going to contain Tua, but I don't think they have to contain Tua with whoever is their backup quarterback, or if it's Tua when he's coming off of a concussion two weeks ago. Isn't it interesting how fast things change? I was super high on Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, until the Tua situation happened. Situation being is that they lied about him having a concussion and then played him four days after he had had a concussion and he wasn't ready to play and things of that nature. It's like, it's a, it's really interesting how that works. Like, hmm, all right. So he goes from an awesome head coach to, oh, kind of don't like him anymore. But Vikings at Dolphins... I'm taking the Vikings. I don't really care who plays. The Dolphins, uh, they have some work to do in the sense of not playing players who shouldn't play because they probably could have won this game with Tua. We'll see. Tua at 100% health-wise when it comes to his... I don't want to say necessarily mental health, but it's more along the lines of his cognitive health, his brain functions and stuff like that. So... Panthers at Rams, as bad as the Rams have been all season, there is no way that they can lose to Steve Wilkes' dilapidated Carolina Panthers who are about to pay, play T.J. Watt, or T.J., um, not, oh my, I'm so tired. P.J. Walker, there's like no way that they can lose the Rams. It's like their offensive line, the Panthers' offensive line is terrible. They have no idea how to use D.J. Moore anymore. I don't even know the status of Christian McCaffrey. I think he's hurt again. But there's just absolutely no way that the Panthers are going to beat the Rams on Sunday. There's just, there's none. None! So I'm taking the Rams over the Panthers. Cardinals at Seattle. Seattle's been playing on and off very good for the majority of the season, but I just, I think the Cardinals are a better overall football team. Uh, yeah, I know shocker because the Cardinals aren't really that good and they aren't really that much better than the majority of teams in the league. But I think this is one of those teams that they are better than. I think that Seattle is really piss poor in um, in a lot of different areas, especially on defense. Isaiah Simmons has started to kind of like, you know, he started to kind of pop up here and there. He started to flash. But... Oh my god, I Oh my god. 
If the Cardinals lose to Seattle, I think the season's done. I don't know if it's done at this point. I think the Cardinals can potentially be a playoff team. But as the Dodgers, they go, speaking of playoffs, as the Dodgers, I've been watching the game, it's midnight. As the Dodgers go down two runs to one against the Padres, just leave Dodgers, just leave. Clayton Kershaw's in his fucking sweats. He didn't play tonight, and he didn't play very well. I don't know if he played well. I didn't see the second playoff game or the second uh, Padres game. Regardless. Sorry, I got super distracted with the Dodgers. Regardless, Cardinals at Seattle. I just don't think that the Cardinals are a worse football team than the Seattle Seahawks. And, I mean, it's not really saying that much. But I would kind of be shocked if the Cardinals do lose to the Seattle Seahawks, if I'm 100% honest with you. Just because the fucking Seattle Seahawks, they suck. They're terrible. And they always have like these hot games with Geno Smith and then they have these like shitty games and we'll see. I, I mean, the Cardinals also don't really have anybody on defense besides Buda Baker, but we'll see what happens. Bills at Chiefs. Shocking game. I just don't think that the Chiefs have enough stuff to both contain Stephon Diggs and also create explosive plays. The Chiefs, this is one thing that they are struggling with that, like, nobody can even argue with. The Chiefs really don't have really that many explosive plays, to be honest with you. And that's kind of a problem when you go up against Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and the Bills offense, which they not only can generate a bunch of, like, short yardage routes and intermediate and deep routes, but they can also develop... I mean, they, they can develop deep deep routes. I should have just said short and intermediate and then deep. Again, I'm a little bit tired. It is midnight. But the Bills, they can generate so many different routes. They can stretch the field with their wideouts. They can expose your very, very weak corners over and over and over again and put an unprecedented amount of pressure on the opposition's quarterback to make a play that it compounds, like their mistakes and their short, their short drives, it compounds. It's like, well, we can't, we can't outpace a Ferrari. We can't outrun a Ferrari or a Maserati or a Bugatti. Bugatti. We can't outpace it, you know? So we just either slowly lose or in a lot of cases that have played up against the Bills this year, they very, very quickly lose and I think that's what's going to happen I think the um I, I regardless I think the Chiefs will lose on Sunday Cowboys at Eagles you know what I'm feeling a little bit dangerous I'm feeling a little bit frisky today I hate going back on my um hold on I hate changing things up I hate going back and forth with certain things I was like, I had the 49ers beating the Falcons. Now I have the Falcons beating the 49ers. And I had, early on in the week, I had the Cowboys beating the Eagles until I changed my mind and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the um, the Eagles over the Cowboys. And I made a prediction. I made a prediction um, Wednesday. And I've, I've made, like, multiple predictions. But, like, on the weekend after the Cowboys had beaten the Rams, I said, Dak's not going to play and Cooper Cup is going to win the game. 
or Cooper Rush, excuse me, is going to win the game for the Cowboys on Sunday, which is going to happen in two days. I made that prediction. I'm going to reel that prediction, and I reeled that prediction back. I said Dallas is going to lose that game, but Cooper Rush is still going to play. I think Dallas is going to now... I think they're going to win that game. No, no, no. I was about to change it again. I was going to change it from Dallas winning it. I, I changed, I've changed it like three times. I was like, the first thing that I said was Dallas is going to win it. Then I changed it to Dallas is going to... Dallas is going to uh, to lose it. And then I change it again. I'm changed. I am so tired. Oh my God. I apologize. Sorry for changing. Changing the uh, the thing so much. The game day prediction so much. I'm sticking with the Eagles. The Eagles are the smarter choice. The Eagles are the simpler choice. I don't think Cooper Cup or Cooper Rush, excuse me, will be able to just outpace the Eagles offense I think the I here's the thing I think Cooper Rush will finally be contained I don't think he'll just be allowed to do what he's been doing for the past really four to five games and I think this will probably be the game where he kind of gets exposed a little bit I think so I'm taking the Eagles over the Cowboys to make things very simple for everyone involved, including myself, because apparently I didn't know who was going to win the game going into this podcast. Broncos at Chargers, easy game. Broncos are terrible. Chargers are injured, but I don't think the Broncos are good enough to take advantage. And this week, after the Chargers yet again have had like injuries galore all over their team, the Chargers are still, in my opinion, Still going to win this game. The Broncos are still a horrible football team. The Broncos are still going to lose this football game. And the Broncos will hopefully get a step in the right direction. And the right direction is firing Nathaniel Hackett because he is an incompetent boob. I'm tired. I'm piecing out for tonight. This has been 24's podcast. I will see you tomorrow for Music Matters where we will be listening to some of Lil Baby's newest album. And by some of, I, pro- like, I probably won't like it. Way too many people overrate today's rappers, in my opinion. Like, way too many people are like, Lil Baby is a good uh, artist. NBA Youngboy is a good artist. And I'm like, no. No, they are not. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Lil Baby's newest album. 24th Podcast.